0: If you've got a folder brimming with data, amazing. You've been doing a great job at proactively listening to your employees. This is gonna serve you incredibly well in understanding just what tactics and strategies to take on. On the other hand, if you're realizing that all you have is one or two Glassdoor reviews and not much else, you should be equally as excited. It means you've uncovered an amazing opportunity to be more proactive in listening to your employees. Either way you've got a next step. Welcome to Want to Work There, a podcast that explores what really makes a company a great place to work. I'm your host, Jill Felska, and together we'll explore not only what goes into building a great company culture, but also exactly how to implement those best practices within your own workplace. If you're here, you believe that a better world of work is possible, and I can't wait to build it together let's go. Welcome back. It is officially episode five of the Want to Work There podcast. And I'm going to be honest, I would be lying if I said that this episode wasn't a bit of a struggle. It really all comes down to the fact that I have had no less than 247 different ideas for episodes since launching this podcast. There are just honestly so many things I'm excited to talk about when it comes to improving workplace cultures. And I will be honest, it's been more overwhelming than it has been helpful. Instead of feeling inspired and ready to go, I just became overwhelmed and stuck. I kept putting off episode planning because I didn't know where I should start. And it wasn't until I was brain dumping into a voice memo that I realized my problem was not unique to me or this situation. In fact, it is the exact same problem that anybody trying to create a better work environment faces. At least it's the problem that both me and many of my clients have faced when tackling this challenge. Where the heck do you start? when there is so much you can and honestly feel like you should be doing. Oftentimes, we're really quick to jump into action to prove that you can move the needle by selecting what feels like the lowest hanging fruit or the most pressing problem and diving right in. The problem here is like anything in life, we usually want to do a lot more than we actually have the time or resources to accomplish. And when we pick the wrong things to give this attention to, we are running the risk of making changes that feel honestly more performative than impactful to employees. Because of this, anytime someone is just figuring out where to start, I always give the same advice. Start by collecting the data. Now it's my turn to take my own advice. Instead of jumping straight into tactics, I'm going to start by walking you through a step-by-step employee feedback audit. Why start with an audit? Because before you start requesting employee insights, you have to know what you already have. Whether it's a lot or just a little, it's always important to start with what has already been pulled together. This is especially true when you're stepping into a new role, as there is often a treasure trove of data that you can find if you just take the time to look. Not only will completing this audit give you a sense of how thoroughly you're currently gathering feedback data, it will also help you avoid a common trap. Employee survey fatigue. Contrary to popular belief, employee survey fatigue is not about the number of surveys that you disseminate, but instead what's done with the information before the survey is taken again. If you act on the data you received before you send out another survey, employees are happy to add their voice to the mix because they know they're going to have a chance at making some actual change. On the other hand, if your survey results die in a Google Drive somewhere, and then you just survey again and again and again, that's when the fatigue kicks in. So by evaluating what you already have before you collect more, you're sparing yourself from walking straight into that cycle. That said, I only recommend collecting employee feedback that's been gathered in the last year. Past that, the data isn't recent enough to ensure relevancy. This also limits the amount of data you'll be working with and ensures that it's a manageable amount. Now, before we dive into the different types of data you should be searching for, I highly recommend creating a central place for all the information to live. Whether it's a Google Doc or a local drive on your computer, creating one central depository will make it that much easier to carry out the final step in the process when we arrive. And with that said, let's dive into the audit. So all in all, there are seven employee feedback categories I recommend you audit. The first three all consist of quantitative feedback or insights that are really numbers-based, countable, or measurable. Quantitative insights are really helpful for seeing the big picture and overall trends. The first and most common in this category is the employee engagement survey. Employee engagement surveys have definitely become more common in organizations, especially given great tools like CultureAmp, Lattice, and 15.5 that make it extremely easy to collect the data. They've also become more prominent given their prerequisite for receiving a lot of company awards, including many of the best places to work lists. Although I'd argue that data collected for any award purposes is always going to be skewed. So you should really, really take anything that's been gathered that way with a grain of salt. I promise I'll do an entire future episode on what type of surveys you should be doing, when you should be doing them, and how they can be the most impactful. But for right now, I just want you to focus on whether or not your employees completed any employee surveys in the past year. While many companies do them annually, it's actually becoming more common to do them biannually or even quarterly. Usually, these are fairly lengthy surveys, but it's also become common to distribute a one-question ENPS survey. So make sure to keep on the lookout for those results as well. Anything you find will be your first addition to the audit folder. Being a great manager is hard. Like, really hard. I used to preach that it was every company's duty to provide management training for their entire team. But then I became a director of people and culture for a SaaS startup and realized just what kind of barriers were in the way design the training in-house, I could never find the time. Hire a third party to come and teach it? Sure, but then I'd need to re-engage them every time a new manager joined, and I just didn't have the budget for that kind of long-term engagement. In my head, I envisioned the startup version of management training. A self-led, reusable program that consisted of audio lessons, thoughtful exercises, helpful templates, and an internal facilitation plan for cohort-style learning. So I built it. And it quickly became apparent that I wasn't the only person looking for a more cost-effective, scalable solution. If you also fall into that camp and want to learn more, you can visit wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. That's wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. All right, let's get back to the show. Next is the more frequent pulse survey. Pulse surveys are shorter, more frequent inquiries that are usually gathered weekly or biweekly. Often the questions change and rotate, although some organizations keep at least one static question that's asked every time. These specific types of surveys are usually handled by a third-party tool, given their frequency, which makes it extremely easy to locate and export the data. That said, you'll find in many of these tools that there's a variety of different ways that you can download the information. I really recommend pulling everything from last year in just a general download to start, knowing that you can always go back and pull reports in a variety of different ways if you uncover any patterns that you want to dive into deeper. Last in the quantitative category is any specialty surveys that your team has participated in. Many companies have distributed return to work and DEI surveys in the last year. It's also common for employees to collect feedback from new hires at the 90 day or six month mark. You'll wanna ensure those results are also included in your audit collection as they are absolutely part of the bigger picture. Which brings us to qualitative employee feedback. Data that delivers more detailed personal insights. This is the data that I'm personally most intrigued by because it helps us understand the why, how, or what behind certain behaviors. There is always so much to unpack with this type of data. First up in the qualitative category is any insight gathered from one-on-one conversations that managers are having with employees. Now, I'll admit this is a tricky one because depending on how these one-on-one conversations are happening, there's likely not an exact record of what's been said. At the same time, one-on-one conversations are perhaps the most important way to gather employee insights because they're both happening in real time and with someone they've hopefully built a lot of trust with. Given this, it's too important of a category to ignore when auditing. Here are some questions you can ask yourself about gathering one-on-one employee feedback. Are our managers consistently holding one-on-ones with employees? If yes, are they recording notes from the conversation, either in a software product, a Word document, or an email recap? If they are, would they be willing to share those notes? If they haven't been capturing the conversations in a written manner, Would they be willing to sit down and do a debrief with you on the employee feedback they've received that continues to be top of mind? If they are willing to do this, I guarantee you there will be things and insights that they have been thinking about but haven't found the right time to bring up or share with you. Now, some of you will get lucky and be able to gather great insights using one of the above tactics, but others will still come up short in this category, and that's absolutely okay. If that's the case, it means you've uncovered a great area of opportunity that you can find a lot of ways to tap into in the future. Next up are stay and exit interviews, although the latter is the one that's most likely recognizable to you. Exit interviews are conducted with employees when they're on their way out of the company and on to the next opportunity. They focus a lot on reflection points, things that could have been done differently, and anything else that the employee would like to highlight about their experience at the organization. Oftentimes, these are done by a people ops representative and then tend to be filed and forgotten about, which makes them a great data source to revisit. I also mentioned the stay interview. While it's a newer practice, they are gaining a lot of momentum at forward thinking companies. The idea is to conduct an exit style interview, but with current employees long before they're thinking about leaving for a new opportunity. Basically, it's your chance to ask an employee what would continue to make them happy working for the company with the opportunity to actually address some appropriate challenges before they leave. And yes, I will definitely be doing an entire episode on the best ways to utilize this great retention tool. But for now, it's a reminder to add any already conducted stay interviews to your audit file. The next qualitative insight category for review is the focus group. This is a more advanced technique, but one that offers some of the most effective feedback you can gather. Typically, focus groups are used to further dig into areas of quantitative data that have proven to be outliers in a survey. They give you a chance to dig deeper and explore more of the why, how, and what behind certain responses. If you've conducted any focus groups in the last year, you absolutely want to include those insights in your audit. Last is employee feedback that's been provided publicly via sites like Glassdoor. While we sometimes forget this is valuable data, it's important to include it in your overall audit. Here's a list of the sites I recommend you scan for potential employee feedback. Glassdoor, Indeed, Vault, CareerBliss, JobAdvisor, and RateMyEmployer. If there are more than a few reviews, I recommend starting a spreadsheet that includes the comment, date it was left, site it was left on, and whether or not the organization responded. Compiling them will make it not only easier for you to add it to the audit file, but it can also give you a great high-level look at the overall sentiment of the comments across platforms. And there you have it, a full audit folder of any and all employee insights that were collected within the last year. Now it's time to dig in. Block off your calendar and close down anything on your computer that would be a distraction. Then open up your audit folder. I want you to read through it once without any preconceived notions or thoughts about what you're going to do with it. I just want you to take it all in. And then when you've done that, I want you to spend some time free writing. What are the things after that first read through that really stuck out to you? Did an idea spring up that you just can't get out of your mind? Is there a certain data gap that feels incredibly frustrating? Write it all out. It's important to reflect this way before we move into a more nuanced, data-driven approach to analysis. If nothing else, I know this activity will bring clarity to one important aspect. Just how well you're seizing opportunities to highlight employee opinions and insights within the organization. If you've got a folder brimming with data, amazing. You've been doing a great job at proactively listening to your employees this is going to serve you incredibly well in understanding just what tactics and strategies to take on. On the other hand, if you're realizing that all you have is one or two Glassdoor reviews and not much else, you should be equally as excited. It means you've uncovered an amazing opportunity to be more proactive in listening to your employees. Either way, you've got a next step. And I'll be with you no matter which of the two categories you fall into. The question is, where would you like me to start? Do you fall into the first camp and are eager to learn exactly how you can act on employee insights? Or do you need help picking the best ways to solicit employee insights? I really want to hear where you're at and what would be most helpful. Consider this my own insight collection, if you will. You can shoot me an email at podcast at com. Or head on over to Instagram and shoot me a DM. You can find me at WantToWorkThere. I cannot wait to hear where I can best support you in your journey right now. This show was brought to you by wanttoworkthere.com and the incredible team at Podcasting for Creatives. No individual or company acting alone can change our societal beliefs about work, but together we can create a new normal. If you like this episode, please consider passing it on to one or two people who share your passion for creating a better world of work. And until next time, please know I see you, I believe in you, and keep going. The work you're doing really matters.